0: Hello everybody, glad to have you with me. Daylight savings time has now officially ended. We gained an hour of sleep, thank goodness. You don't think that extra hour helps, but man does it ever. And it feels so good to get that extra hour back. Coming to you from the heart of Cajun Country, this is the Down South IT Podcast. My name is Clark. Thank you for joining me again today. We got a good one because Intel has released their new 12th gen CPUs. And it's something radically different than what they've done in the past. So we're going to kind of go over that and the differences between Intel's new architecture and what AMD has been doing and what AMD is planning in the future. If you want to follow along to the podcast, don't forget, hit up the website, DownSouthITPodcast.com, and you can follow with the show prep. It's right underneath the embedded player right there. You can actually listen to all the back episodes if you missed one. But right underneath there, there's a button that says show prep. You can hit on that and you will be able to follow along with each episode. Not not every episode has show prep, but probably 85% do. So if you wanted to follow along and kind of get some ideas of what these architectures look like that I'm going to be talking about today, I do have pictures and stuff like that on there for you so you can follow along. While you're on the website, don't forget to check out the merch shop, the Store link is right there at the top and if you go right now and get some goodies before November 11th at midnight you can get 20 to 60% off your entire order depending on which item it is. You can get 30% off of phone cases, 20% off of stickers and t-shirts and pillows and just about everything else is going to be somewhere between 20 and 60% off. Just when you check out, use the code YWAIT, that's W-H-Y-W-A-I-T, all caps, all one word, and you can get that discount. There's a lot of cool stuff up there, mugs, water bottles, t-shirts, and travel mugs, but all that's just the tip of the iceberg. So go ahead and check that out, DownSouthITPodcast.com. The store link is at the very top of the page, and don't forget, use that promo code, and you can get, it, get up to 60% off depending on what you're buying. Now, also, while you're up there on the website, you can check out some of the build guides. I've been getting a lot of traffic on the Raspberry Pi Christmas light controller. I did that a couple of years ago, and it seems around this time I do get a lot of traffic on that to have people trying to figure out how to build it and buy it and that kind of thing. So if you want a complete step-by-step guide on how to do that, have a Raspberry Pi control your Christmas lights with music You can go on there and check that out i do have the complete guide it's three parts and you can go check that out and build one for yourself the the box itself is not very difficult to build it's a little time consuming it's not difficult and really and truly the parts are not that expensive all all and told but the lights if you do decide to go led strips and do that kind of thing those can get a wee bit pricey so just kind of keep that in mind It may be something that you kind of build on year after year, you know, as you go, but the complete build guide is up there. You can just look for that right there on the website, DownSouthITPodcast.com. So let's go ahead and get our feet wet a little bit. And if you hadn't known, AMD and Intel have been duking it out in the CPU space for probably 25 years, give or take. I mean, it's been, it, it was mostly Intel. AMD has kind of been the redheaded stepchild and kind of nipping at heels, you know, a little bit, stuff like that. But whenever AMD introduced Ryzen, which was their new architecture that we're gonna talk about a little bit later, that was back in 2016, they started to catch up in a major way to Intel, who was stuck on a single 10 nanometer process or 14 nanometer process that they've had forever. I think they went through four or five generations on the same size dies. They just kept squeezing more and more out of it that they could. But ever since twenty sixteen, AMD has pretty much pulled ahead of Intel in not just gaming performance, but in productivity. And AMD always did shine in productivity and multi core, you know, workloads, rendering, that type of thing. That's always been AMD's bread and butter. Now, with the introduction of the 12th gen Alder Lake CPUs from Intel, things to have swung the other way in a fairly big way. So I think Intel has finally kind of gotten back where they once were a little bit. And we're going to kind of run, see exactly how they did that. But I can promise you, don't count AMD out because they have fourth generation Ryzen that's going to hit in 2022 and 2023 and they're planning some big stuff that could spell disaster for this brand new 12th gen Intel chip. But at least for right now, Intel has the top crown as far as performance goes. Now, back when this was basically just a one dog fight, Intel had the standard architecture that you would think of for a CPU. It had one or more cores, you know, each thread per core being able to input and output information from each core. Think of it kind of a box inside of a box with two wires coming out of each box, each of the smaller boxes. Now, what they did from all the way back from, I believe it was Comet Lake, all the way through to the last gen Intel CPUs, was that basically they made the cores smaller and they were able to pack more of them within a chipset. Now this is actually a decent design, but the problem becomes you can only pack so much into a CPU size package and be able to manage not only the information going in and out, but also the heat. The more you pack in there, the hotter it's gonna get. And of course, heat is the enemy of all CPU components. So at some point something had to give. And with this 12th gen, they went and did something radically different. And by radically different is they basically went to the mobile space. We've been having systems on a chip and mobile phones and some light laptops and tablets for a long time where they have different sets of cores that do different jobs. You have performance cores and you have efficiency cores performance cores are the ones that take on the heavy workloads, you know, and can ramp up really and really fast and do a lot of work really quickly. And then if you're doing something not very intensive, then it gets passed off to the efficiency cores. Now, we've been having this for a long time in phones, very long time, you know, ever since probably 2013, 2014, they've been pushing stuff like this, you know, in in different phones and tablets and such. So the fact that they kind of went to that design where they have performance and efficiency cores in a desktop platform is not out of the realm, but it was definitely something that I was not looking for. (laughs) I wasn't expecting them to do that at all. I was figuring, you know, something along, they would do something along the same line as AMD with the chiplet design, but no, they went full system on a chip and decided to go with different core types and to be honest the performance is there it really is of everything that I've seen and all of the testing that I've read on the performance cores are really really fast the efficiency cores are will still ramp up fairly quickly even if they you know not doing anything really intensive but you need that little extra boost and because of that they're able to pack more cores into each CPU. Now they did have to change the die size, which Intel is famous for doing that with each generation. So if you do decide that you want to update to this new generation of CPU, you're going to need a new motherboard. And I believe this one is the LGA 1700 socket. And you're going to have to pair that with a Z600 series motherboard. That's the only ones that do that that socket right now, and I believe usually if you get a base model for those right now with current costs and everything, they're around two hundred bucks just for the motherboard, not on top of the cost of the CPU. So you gotta figure that into the equation as well. But from the get go, uh, and I'll be go basically kind of going over a cream of the crop for you know Intel and AMD on this one. So it would be the Gen 12 i9 12900k which would be the flagship cpu for intel and for amd is going to be the 5950x ryzen ryzen 9 so basically for both of these you can kind of extrapolate down as as the power goes down and the pro- processing power goes down you know the performance will go down with it so you can just kind of scale it back and then that'll be the other ones but for right now the big one the 12900k is packing 16 cores. So you're looking at eight performance cores and eight efficiency cores. And they even call them P cores and E cores. So if you see that floating around, that's what that means. It'll have a total of 24 threads. So your performance cores do have hyper threading. The efficiency ones do not, which that kind of actually doesn't surprise me very much. Uh, Your performance cores are gonna be able to turbo up to 5.2 gigahertz. And to be honest, that coming straight out of the factory, getting something up over five gigahertz is insane. It really is because five gigahertz was kind of a pipe dream, you know, for a long time. And the fact that you can just get a CPU straight off the straight off the shelf that'll give you five gigahertz worth of performance is insanity to me. And I'm, I'm I really don't know how they're going to keep pushing it and how far they can push it, but I would really like to see uh some people, once they get some samples of this one, to do some some clock testing and see how fast they can actually push it, because I've seen some other ones get up way high, like over six, and I would love to see exactly how fast this one can go. 5.2 gigahertz is going to be your, your max turbo on the performance cores. On the efficiency core, you're going to get 3.9 gigahertz, which still, even out of an efficiency core, is still really fast. Because these cores are a lot smaller, they don't do quite as much work. That's that is really impressive that they got that kind of speed out of those cores. These, uh, also, it does have a ba- the efficiency cores have a base clock of 2.4 gigahertz, which is about where you'd kind of want to be in the, the sweet spot. And of course, those will actually probably turn off as needed because you don't if you don't need them, or if your phone's asleep, or your desktop's asleep, or something like that you know, that's usually how those work. That way you don't eat up as much, you know, power that you can. Granted, if it's going to be in a desktop, it's going to be plugged into a wall. So you really won't have a problem. But if you're on the eco-friendly side and you want to save as much electricity as you can, you can do it. So the base clock on the performance cores is going to be 3.2 gigahertz, which is kind of right in line with what, you know, Intel normally does, and there's, their CPUs do tend to boost a lot higher than AMDs. So the fact that they're running 3.2 gigahertz as just a base clock is about normal for them. Um, uh, most of the AMD ones run a little bit higher than that, uh, 3.6, 3.7, you know, somewhere up in there. So, they, you know, they kind of tune those back just a bit, but they do boost higher than the AMD ones. Now, the power draw for this thing being that it's going to be on a lga 1700 socket they're calling that it's going to be a base power of 125 watt and i really don't believe them (laughs) for that to be honest for because if you're running simply efficiency cores it's going to be less than that you know but if you start using a lot of your performance cores then they can get up to 125 watts quickly uh if you're running max power, doing a whole lot of heavy CPU intensive stuff, they're calling their their maximum power draw is going to be 241 watts. Now, if you don't remember from a few years ago, AMD and Intel measure their power draw completely and utterly differently. A- a- AMD will say, okay, this is the max that this is going to draw. And 99.9% of the time, that is the max that is going to draw. Intel, on the other hand, they don't do that. (laughs) They'll say this is the max on paper. But usually you have to go another 50 to 60 watts on top of that to cover any of the power draw that they normally would have. And I really don't believe they changed the way that they they do any of their testing or methodology. So I would assume that if this says that it's going to be 241 peak watts, that you're probably going to be looking closer to 300 for this CPU under you know heavy load. So to be able to cool something like this is going to be insane. You're going to have to have a massive massive air cooler or you may end up having to go strictly with water cooling or an AIO. There's no way to, to there's no way to beat that kind of heat. There really isn't unless you go for either water cooling or a massive massive air cooler and a couple other improvements that they actually made was that they brought the PCIe controller and graphics controller and a couple other of the normal controllers that are on the motherboard itself up into the CPU. So they did kind of something similar to what AMD did because AMD did this with Ryzen. They brought in the the controllers, the controller chips for certain functions like that into the cpu so it can be controlled there so the data transfer can be almost instantaneous rather than having to go out to the motherboard and come back so that was the main reason that amd did it looks like intel did basically the same thing so hopefully we'll have something similar you know as far as that goes now one other thing i do want to mention with these new intel cpus is that windows if you're using windows and you want to update to windows 11 there was some issues with the scheduler as far as how Windows takes and sends information from the CPU. And supposedly that was fixed with an update, but according to a couple of reports that I saw that if you happen to either change your BIOS or change a setting into BIOS, it can revert back to that original, that original setting and that would basically tank your performance and put you right back where you were before you did the fix. Granted, that is only on Windows 11. It's not on Windows 10. So if you're still rocking Windows 10, like I plan to till the, they actually make me upgrade to 11, then yeah, you shouldn't have too much of a problem. The You will have a problem with DDR5 memory if you do want to run that. Uh, that is a new spec that has started rolling out You know, the last couple of weeks. This new CPU does have support for DDR5 RAM. It'll also have support for PCI Gen 5. So if you have something that is a PCI Gen 5 device, it will be supported by Alder Lake and this new motherboard. Now granted, you won't have a whole lot of Gen 5 lanes for your PCI uh, information. I think there's only five PCI Gen 5 lanes. All the rest are gonna be PCI Gen 4, so Basically, you can probably run a really fast graphics card on these. Like if you want to do a 3090 or something like that, those are Gen 5. So you could push that, and I'm sure they're going to be coming out with more and more Gen 5 graphics cards. And that seems to be kind of what they're going for right now is to have that many that many lanes as you go, at least at the start, because graphics cards are the basically the only thing that you would put in that would have 16 PCI express lanes. So you would put that in a 16X slot. So that seems to be kind of what they're doing is using the higher speeds bandwidth stuff for graphics cards. So where this differs from AMD. Well, I said earlier that AMD uses a chiplet design. And what that basically means is that they use, they have computer cores similar to what Intel does, but each set of two CPU cores has an input output controller hooked to all the other controllers via what they call infinity fab- fabric. Now the infinity fabric is different because this lets the input output controllers not only take in and send out information to the other controllers, but to control the other, all the other CPUs also, all the other cores. So if one core is not being used as much as the, the rest of them, those input-output dies can go ahead and actually move information to be able to those cores that aren't being used very much and on top of that all the cores are actually spread more toward the outside of the cpu and this lets amd do one of uh, actually a couple of things first it lets them dissipate heat a lot more evenly across the entire die which that would be the entire top of the cpu The heat can spread more evenly. You can actually get a better read and get better cooling off of that CPU because the heat is spread out over the entire chip. It's not just spread where the cores are on one side, like a lot of the Intel chips are. So those are gonna be kind of very hot on one side and not as hot on the other side. Everything's a little bit on the lopsided side. So being that this is spread out more, it's easier to dissipate that heat. And again, heat is the enemy of all computer parts. So you want to get rid of that heat as quickly and as efficiently as you possibly can. But besides doing the the heat exchange, it allows AMD to put other controllers on the chip as well in the middle. And that lets you have a memory controller, you know, PCI lane uh, scheduler, different things like that, all of those built into the chip itself. So that helps run the entire system a lot more efficiently and again you can see pictures of both of these different architectures on the show prep if you go check out the website downsouthitpodcast.com you can check that out now moving forward we're going to get fourth gen amd here fairly soon like i said probably in 2022 2023 and they're already going to be on the five nanometer process which basically when you hear 14, 10, seven, five, whatever nanometer. That's the links from, you know to and from each core. So the size of that wire that they're able to use. So that one is, these are gonna be five nanometer thick wires. Let's say Intel, they ran on 14 and 10 nanometer forever. And while they were doing that, AMD has been going down. And basically the thinner they are, the faster you can send stuff through them and the less heat is applied. So basically both companies are trying to get as small as they possibly can. And AMD is gonna beat Intel to that five nanometer process. And 2022 they're coming out with, this is for the Epic series, which is more server processors. They do have uh, some other ones that they actually use for desktops. uh, But mostly the, the first one that's gonna come out is gonna be codenamed Genoa. And it's going to have 96 high performance cores and it'll have a balance of memory and input output technology like DDR5, PCI Gen 5, you know, different things like that. Memory schedulers, input output schedulers. So they're planning that on top of having 96 cores per CPU. That is insane. I think the highest right now they have for an Epic is 64 cores. So... They're going to up that by a third with this next gen. And also, they're going to double it the following year whenever those came up, come out. So that, that one is actually codenamed Bergamo. I believe I'm saying that wrong. But, hey, I'm South Louisiana. I don't pronounce anything correctly. So we're just going to go with that. So that one is they're talking about having 128 cores of that one. Again, DDR5 support. PCI Gen 5 support, a whole suite of different uh, Infinity Guard security features and all of that's going to be, again, a lot more for the server space, but that design is going to translate into more than likely the probably 4th or 5th gen Ryzen chips, because usually that's how that works. They normally break out the, the really new awesome stuff for the server space and then they backtrack it a little bit for the the home space so that'll be kind of interesting to see exactly how they're going to scale that back and see what comes of it but i can tell you this much that is going to be one hell of a chip 128 core but it's going to be a couple of years off now but 128 cores and all of that oh man that's gonna be insane insane so the fight really really is not over and really never even kind of subsided, to be honest. I think AMD kind of took the, the lead for a little while there. Intel punched back with 12th gen, and now whenever they come back with 4th gen Ryzen, AMD may hit them back. It is gonna be an interesting couple of years to see how all of this shakes out and see where Intel goes with their, you know, chiplet with their design with the, the, pro, the different cores, the efficiency and the performance cores and to see how far AMD can take their chiplet design. It's going to be interesting. I, I'm I'm really kind of looking forward to the next couple of years to see where they go and how far they can actually take it. I hope that AMD doesn't kind of paint themselves into a corner like what Intel was doing, and then they have to change up and do something different. But I we we shall see. I don't know. It's, it's going to be a, a waiting game on that, but it's going to be an interesting ride. That much I can definitely tell you. And now the kitty cat is pawing up my leg and meowing at me, saying that he's hungry. So that means that's it for this podcast. And I'm going to go ahead and end it there. Like I like to end every podcast, a paraphrase from Albert Hubbard. Technology can replace the work of many people, but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. Thank you all for listening. I love you. I'll see you next time right here on the Down South IT Podcast. Later.